Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man, and welcome indeed to the Two Guys at a Mic Show. It is a Friday here on the TalkZone.com, but for the first time in a long time, it is not, repeat, not a football Friday. It pains me to say that, but the first weekend uh, without football for all those that uh, normally need their football fix, I would be one of those. I probably... Not as addicted, uh, you know, the, the addiction is there. It's not as strident, not as heavy addiction as some of the others might be, but nevertheless it is, and we'll have to wean ourselves off And No football this weekend. Football Fridays are over, but we will search ahead. We'll look for a little golf, a little college basketball. We'll jump off the sports page as well here on thetalkzone.com. Two guys at a mic show. We're off and running a little bit of music, uh, and then we begin this semi-award-winning program. A little bit of music and one fine sip from an outstanding hot cup of coffee. I believe it is a French vanilla blend today. Absolutely outstanding. Not here for the TalkZone.com, but from sources. Otherwise, speaking of outstanding, speaking of a man, uh, well, he's had many nicknames in his life, I think. One of the girls he dated back in the years used to call him French vanilla. Might have that wrong, but I think that was his nickname. But he is my good partner checking in via the telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. It is the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Joel, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Let's just get this straight. I've never had any the word French involved in any of my nicknames. I thought that you've had a lot of nicknames. People have called you by mostly of kind words, a few not so kind, but I thought French vanilla was one of them, no? I've, no, I have not had I've had some pretty cool nicknames, but that one I have not ever, ever uh Okay. Been called French at any at any point. Okay, now you are the big dog on the radio. I can't even remember back when, but am I responsible for naming you the big dog on radio? Yes, uh, because uh, I I was talking about how uh, we were work. I was working at Nordstrom, and I was talking about how if you work at Nordstrom, you're a shoe dog. I was like, but since I really don't consider myself a shoe salesman, more of a radio guy, mm-hmm. I don't consider myself a shoe dog. And then you said, oh well, you're the big dog, is what you said. Wow, was that like early on in our career? I can't remember. I would have to say that was the first ten minutes of me knowing you. Wow, wow, that really dates back. And again, my memory fading rapidly here. But that would be September of two thousand and two. So you even know the date and the year. But basically, it was back at the old radio station. You were doing a show on Sundays, and our general manager said, "You know what?" Uh, you know, and I was doing a show in the mornings, and he said the two of us should, uh, pardon the expression, but hook up. And uh, that's how it started, correct? Yeah, and I, I listened to one of the shows on the way home, and I was like, oh, there's no way I'm working with this guy. <laughs> but back then I was working with, wasn't Mark Carmen was the original co-host. And we, we yeah, kind of, it was, the, yeah, it was Carmen and, and Brian Bauer. Yes. And back then you used to give me like 10 minutes on a, like a Thursday. <laughs> I think it was 12, but who's counting? Okay. Yeah, and then after I did a little bit of the show, Brian Bowers was like, I'm not going to be doing this much longer. And he just, he left. He was he wouldn't talk to me anymore after that. Yeah. So 
Well, there were rumors I'd never substantiated. There were rumors that you somewhat intentionally sabotaged the careers of Brian Bauer, Mark Carmen, a few others, so that you could get the full-time gig. I never know if that's true or not, but the rumor has been floating out there. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's it's really worked out for me because since then Mark Carmen has gone on for his own radio show in, in Kansas City, and, and Brian Bauer has gone out to marry an Asian twin who's loaded. <laughs> Let there be a lesson to all the young saboteurs out there. Sabotage does not always pay, huh? So if somebody wants to go and uh, sabotage what I'm doing, I'd be more than happy to end up, you know. <laughs> with my own television show in Kansas City, I can deal with that, Coach. Yeah, it's not bad. That is not bad. Big Dog, I uh, started off the show. It's, you know, I know this is going to be tougher for you than it is for me, although I'll have some difficulty. But the first weekend of many, many a month, many, many a week, that we will not have any football on what do you got planned are you going to be okay um i i have made it a concerted effort to uh to try to get past these difficult times at all the space <laughs> of our football on the weekend <laughs> yes. and uh what when, when i tell you what i'm doing coach you're gonna you, you would probably be shocked but what i'm doing is i'm, I'm memorizing poetry that's what i've been doing that's not bad is, is there a reason that you're memorizing poetry because I realize that every morning when I wake up and I say the poem "If" by Roger Kipling, uh-huh. I end up accomplishing much more throughout the day. <laughs> you think I'm you think I'm laughing, but that is my new it's my uh, new dictum. That's what I do in the morning. I wake mm-hmm. up and I say "If" by Roger Kipling. Ever the last ten days have been some of the most productive days I've had in like in the last year. I'm not kidding, Coach. I know it's a so, famous poem, but help me out. What are some of the lines from "If"? By, I call him Rudyard Kipling. Rudyard. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, nor look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can treat with triumph and disaster and treat both those imposters just the same. It's awesome because it just keeps going and going and going. So That's outstanding. Go. A little bit. So I say that. I say mm-hmm. that to say in this poem to myself every single morning, and I, I swear to you, I get more accomplished throughout the day that since I've been doing it. Very, very solid. That's what we love about you. You know, you come across with the people that have seen you here on the live webcast, and by the way, uh, a uh, fair amount of females emailing in today, extremely disappointed. Uh, well, a lot of females and one guy named Earl from uh, Glen Ellen, extremely disappointed that you were not in the studio today as advertised, but, you know. How, how, how can I say this and put it, uh, I have to take work when I can get yes. it, and I thought I was going to not do the work I did last night and do something else tomorrow, and none of that happened. It's, now, it's, I, 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 I'm involved in the United States government. I'm actually working for the U.S. government uh, over the next, like, two months. Yes. And the people that are running this test, oh, my goodness, I told you the first day I went in there, because of the train system, and it was freezing that day, I just I ended up getting there, like, an hour and a half further because there's only, like, a train every two hours, and I wasn't going to wait outside. Well, when I got in there, these people were, like, having this massive breakfast, joking around, telling, and they had no idea that I was there for the, like, as a tester. So they're like, oh, uh, you know, they're like, oh, oh, this isn't the right place. And they just tell me to get out, and I'm like, oh, I think I was in the right spot. I get in there, like, two hours, like, an hour and a half later, and they're like, oh, you were in the right spot. They had eaten all the food, they had drank all the coffee. Well, I, I show up on another day, 
they had, they had met with one person all day. All they did was sit in the office and play on the computer and eat all day long. That's all they did. And all this stuff is counts by the U.S. taxpayer. It's ridiculous. And the amount of money that I'm getting paid for, the, I thought I was going to do a lot more of these, but I'm only going to do like one a week. I thought I was going to do like four a week. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous the amount of money that our government just blows. I'll be honest with you. I'm not completely sure I've followed all that. I'm trying to figure out how we went from Rudyard Clipping Kipling's inspirational if poem to females being disappointed by not being able to see you in studio to your apparent new job doing covert operations for the American government. How did that all happen? Well, that's the thing. is, I thought I was supposed to be doing that tomorrow, ah. and I'm not. And I had another gig, the way to make some money last night, so I'm like, you know what, I, I can't go into the studio. So For anybody, that's what happened. Anybody that would like transcripts of the first 15 minutes of our show today, uh, email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. We'll send you the transcript. We will also refer you to a couple of uh, highly certified psychologists or sociologists, because if you want the first 15 minutes of today's show, seek help. That's all I can say. Hey, uh, real quick, Big Dog, before we dig further into your uh, governmental covert operation job, we do have a caller on the line. He's an occasional co-host here. He's one of the uh, outstanding, not graduates yet, but uh, students at Missouri University. Probably here to brag a little bit about Missouri basketball. But it's our good buddy Jack Washer checking in from, we hope, from Columbia, Missouri. You haven't been expelled from school, have you, Jack? No, not yet. No, right. uh I just uh, received that. I got 110 on my first uh, college exam of the semester, so I'm uh, skipping my only class of the day. 110 uh, out of, like, 200? 110 out of, 110 out of 100. Ah! So, I'm, I'm rewarding myself today. I always uh, used to request, like, the 500-question test so, you know, I could tell my parents, Hey! <laughs> got 120! <laughs> uh, well, that's outstanding. So, uh, you, you only one class the entire day today? Yeah, you know, I normally have two. One got canceled. This one, I'm rewarding myself for doing so well. So it's uh, zero class on Fridays for this guy. Big dog, it sounds like a cakewalk. You never had one class days at McMurray College, that academic institution, did you? Well, yeah, I, I hate to tell you, well, just like any other college institution, there's a lot of professors that like to take days off, especially <laughs> their Friday. Coincidentally. Yeah, our professors don't take, like, Tuesdays off. They take Fridays off, too, just like we wanted to. It was beautiful. Take advantage of it. Just uh, just, just try not to go to any place that has uh, nickel beers. Don't do that on a Friday afternoon if you're, if you're free. <laughs> no nickel beer. Got it. Speaking like experience. What's up, Jack? Are you uh, here to brag about your Missouri hoops team? or? Uh... I mean, a little. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot's happened since the last time I came on. You know, uh, we've risen to fourth in the polls, and, you know, last week, I don't know if you caught the game against Kansas, but that was, I think, one of the greatest college basketball games I've ever seen in my life. And I'm still, like, I'm just getting my voice back from that game. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever heard a an arena shake like that in the final three minutes, and especially the circumstances of that game with it being the last, possibly last, uh, Kansas-Missouri game at Missouri. And, you know, people... Everyone was excited. That I've never seen the arena that full, that loud. So I mean, it's just it's been great. It's a great month since I've been back. Big deal. We talked about that game. I'm trying to remember if you watched it or not. That was the game Saturday night, I believe. Kansas up something like six or seven. Missouri had an unbelievable 11-0 run. Did you watch that one, Big Dog? Yeah, absolutely, Coach. That, that, and luckily for me, I watched the last like four minutes of the game. That's just how the the the, the TV broke down for me that night and yeah it was a huge they were that thing was phenomenal on saturday night. that's about as good as you get in college basketball this season 
Uh, they ranked the top games of the year on ESPN the other night. That was like the game number five of the season so far. It was really, really good game. And it's the best team in the history of Missouri. And it, does everybody in Missouri agree with that, Jack? That it's the best uh, team in I, yeah, I would say right now people are they're one, one of the top right now. Just I mean, they, they can't crown them yet just because, you know, it's only the regular season. They see what they can do with the postseason. But, you know, the fact that they can do this with uh, seven-man rotation, missing their key big man. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. Uh, they had one guy transfer during the year. They only have seven scholarship players on the team right now. So, you know, it'll be curious to see how if their legs are holding up in March. But, you know, right now they're they're fun to watch. Jack, any chance again talking to Jack Washer, our uh, affiliate out at the University of Missouri, by the way, probably one of the top journalism schools in the country. Any chance uh, possibly with your connections, Jack, we could get a Justin Dentman on the two guys in a mic show or uh, possibly a head coach, Frank Haith. We'll, we'll take a student manager, anybody we can I'll get from Missouri. <laughs> well, Frank Haith, he, he likes the media. You know, the media is growing to like him. You know, everyone was skeptical that you know, he wasn't going to be the guy, but and he's a very media friendly, but I think he's a little busy right now. I think he's preparing for another big game tomorrow against uh, the Baylor Bears. Wow! Uh, so a wounded, he's a little busy right now. Wounded Baylor Bear team coming off a crush against Kansas. People are starting to doubt them. Big Dog, you question a little bit of their care. Is that game at Baylor or Missouri, Jack? Uh, this is at Missouri. I will be attending yeah. tomorrow. So you'll be there. Big Dog, you watch Baylor play, and you weren't happy with some of their actions, but uh, they're talented, angry chance of upset in Missouri tomorrow? Oh, yeah, without question, uh, Baylor has a chance to win at Missouri. As much as we've been talking about how good Missouri is this week, Baylor is ridiculously athletic. Drew can coach, and, uh, you know, the wounded dog syndrome. So as, as good as Missouri is, the Big 12 there's the, is really top-heavy. You talk about Kansas, Missouri, Baylor, those teams can beat anybody within each other. So even though Missouri should rightly, rightfully be favored in that game, you got to watch out because that AC kick can flat out. He's an athlete. they got some good athletes at Baylor. Jack, has Missouri ever been? Because I think right now if it came out, they'd be a number one seed. Do you know if they ever in their, I won't say storied, but you know, pretty decent basketball resume in history, have they ever been a number one seed? You know, I have no idea, honestly. Uh, but I know they've, they've had a couple, two or three seeds, I know for sure. Um, I don't know about a number one seed. But, you know, it's going to be tough right now because, you know, people are saying they got to win the Big 12 regular season. They also yeah. got to win the Big 12 tournament. Uh, it is tough when you have three teams in the top ten in your conference. So and you're all vying for that number one I think spot. There's obviously a lot of basketball to be played. But, Big Dome, would you agree right now? I think it's... Well, I won't say obvious, but, no, no, no. but it's, it's, it's Syracuse, it's Missouri, it's Ohio State, and Kentucky, right? Top four? Well, it's Syracuse and Ohio State and Kentucky, are they have number one seeds unless all of them collapse somehow and like do something really bad throughout the end of the season. Not, I don't know if I'd go that. I think they're clear one seeds right now. They're, yeah. I don't know if they'd yeah, have to collapse. There's a lot of basketball, but go ahead. Who would challenge well, Missouri collapse, right now? But, but those three, I, I really have a stranglehold, and I... I, I guess it's the winner between Kansas, Baylor, and, uh, and Missouri who's going to get that fourth number one seed. I mean, that's really whoever's going to get that fourth number one seed will be there. If Ohio State collapses and Michigan State wins the Big Ten, they'll get a number one seed coach over Ohio State. But I don't mm-hmm. see Ohio State losing the Big Ten at this point. Right. And I think Syracuse is going to get it no matter what. And North Carolina, they really don't deserve one, but North Carolina could 
they could end up, if they go win the rest of their games, North Carolina can grab one of those number one yeah. seeds, and it won't matter what Missouri does because no matter what happens in college basketball, they just assume North Carolina is better than anybody if they win a game. If North Carolina <laughs> goes 10-0, they're the best 10-0 team in the country, no matter if everybody else is 10-0. A so. <laughs> little North Carolina hatred showing through there. Jack, let me ask you this. Now, be careful what you wish for because Missouri might get a number one seed. And they might come up in the second round against a number 11 seed playing for the first time. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but for the first time ever in the NCAAs, a team with less scholarship players than you guys. My Northwestern Wildcats are back three in a row, crushed Iowa yesterday. I think we could take down Missouri right now. What do you think? I don't know about that one. I'm a diehard Northwestern fan, uh, but I honestly don't see them. Sticking with Missouri, uh, Missouri's too quick, and you know, Northwestern plays less guys than Missouri, and you know, honestly, Mizzou, they make you run up and down the court, and I, I, you know, I feel they would be able to hang for you know maybe ten minutes or so, but honestly, I feel Mizzou would just pull away. They're too quick, and you know, they got a lot of shooters on that team. So. I got, I got Sobolewski shutting down Justin Denman. No, that's. <laughs> Northwestern would have to play like a perfect basketball game yeah, in order which, to beat Missouri. By the way, last night, Big Dog, I don't know if you watched or not, I was in attendance. They weren't perfect, but they were damn close to it. Absolutely destroyed a decent Iowa team at home. And, and Jack, you're aware they beat Illinois over the weekend. I was. I, was. I uh, phoned in my dad, and he was very happy about that. Yeah. He was up in Wisconsin, so he did not see the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They but played extremely they play well in office, Northwestern. That's it, though. Yeah, yeah. and then you know what? And, and ever since they've gone to the smaller lineup, they're rebounding well. But at any rate, uh, Missouri is uh, cooking, and Jack, uh, hopefully we'll get you back in the studio in the not-too-distant. But what do you got planned? So you will be at the game this weekend, huh? I will be, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'll be sitting. You know, it's always general admission for the, for the students. But uh, hopefully it's a good seat, and you know, hopefully it's just jam-packed like it was last week. So what what do you got to do to get in? Do you have to, like, wait 48 hours? We've seen pictures of, you know, the college campuses, people camping out and having parties outside. How hard is it to get a ticket for a hot team like Missouri? Well, right now it's very tough. I mean, people are selling their tickets for 40 50 bucks, And, you know, last week it was, like, 100 bucks for a ticket. And, you know, pe- you know, they had a nice little story about how, like, you know, 500 students camped out outside of Mizzou Arena for college game day. You know, getting into Mizzou Arena for the actual game was, like, very tough because as soon as they opened the gates, all the students sprinted towards the arena. And it was just it was chaos. So, I mean, it's tough to get a ticket right now. All right. I know at McMurray College, Big Doug, it wasn't quite – as hard to get a ticket, but I can imagine a school like Mizzou right now, very, very difficult. But uh, cool that you'll be there. We'll look for you, Jack. You going to be wearing anything that our two guys at a mic fans might be able to recognize you? And please, on behalf of uh, his and hers, keep your shirt on. <laughs> uh, I'll probably be wearing a Missouri hat and probably a black jacket. So you will not be the guy wearing a purple T-shirt with Sherna on the back? No. Darn. My brother... Unfortunately, stole that from me. So, <laughs> all right, buddy. Anything else before we let you go? I know you got a tough day of academia ahead of you. <laughs> uh, no, I just I maybe throw something out there for you guys. What do you guys think about Murray State losing to Tennessee? No, State? big dog. They the number they seven team in the, the country. 
they 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 gave them the last minute of the game. They had so many stupid bonehead plays in the last sixty seconds of the game that Tennessee State deserved to win. It's one of those things. Now, believe this or not, Joey Chad was saying that if Murray State loses again in the regular season, which, uh, they're playing somebody big coming up here soon. Their biggest non-conference game. I'll remember it's the West Coast team. And if they don't win the Ohio Valley Conference, they might not make the tournament. Wait, are who's, you serious? A three-loss team might not make the tournament. Who's Joey Chad? Uh, he's uh, he's uh, Joey Brackett. He's the guy uh, on ESPN that he comes out and tells uh, he tell, he lets them know like who's going to get in the tournament, who isn't. He's like, well, now that oh, the Murray State Racers are on the bubble, they lost one game. They <laughs> put them on the bubble already. <laughs> really? <laughs> what the heck is wrong? Is the Ohio Valley Conference that bad that you can lose one game and now you're on the bubble for the end? Would 68 teams get in? So that's pretty whatever. good. That's pretty good. All right, JW, get back to work. Great to check in. Anytime you got some news, notes, or you want to uh, brag, well deserved bragging about your uh, college basketball team, feel free to call your friends here at the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Hi, hey, Jeff. Before you go. Before yeah. you go, if you're having a very difficult time next year finding a job, because it might be with this uh, economy, Alden Smith's looking for a driver. <laughs> <laughs> so I throw it out there. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jack. All right, take care. J-Dub, check it in, Jack Washer. You can, Two Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Oh, big duck. Oh, to be a college kid again just for a week. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, coach, I'm gonna, I'm being totally serious with you. And, and yes, I wouldn't mind going back for a week. Uh, while I was in college, I would have these moments like right in the middle of a party where like, you know, you just see some girl that, uh, you, you know, you would take the notes from in econ and then, you know, eight hours later, she's got her head back. She's pouring beer all over her face and screaming at the top for a long. She's like, wow, I never expected that. And moments like that in school, I would say I really appreciate my time in college. You know, I, that might sound jack up, but every once in a while, like on a on a Friday when all of a sudden the professors decided to go and see how liberal they can get, high they can get, <laughs> I, I would think, hey, guess what? I have no real bills. All my food is paid for. I just got to figure out a way to get, you know, $3.75 to get a, a 30 case of Keystone Light, mm-hmm. and I'll have a nice afternoon. I, I would appreciate those days. I am not kidding. I would, there wasn't a time, there wasn't a month in college where I didn't kick back and be like, yeah. I really love college. So you're I, ahead of, I, I appreciate it the day I got to college. See that I think that last statement is where I think a lot of us were with you right up until the the last statement. And we're still with you, but I don't think most people would have the perspective you did. I think most of us go through it without appreciating. And when we look back, at least I feel that way. You know, I look back now. Oh man, should have appreciated a lot more. Wouldn't it be great to go back now? You know, knowing what I know, it's knowing what I know now. It's the old expression: uh, "Youth is wasted on the young." Well, there's so much of my life, coach, that I can honestly say I totally jacked that up, and man, I wish I could do that over. Um, but like, the, once I went to college, like if I look back now, it probably wouldn't have been a bad idea if I went somewhere. If I can do it over again, like I'll join one of my buddies, go to Iraq. And then come back two years later instead of being a hundred, instead of being 17 pounds and a, and 192 pounds my freshman year in college playing linebacker, I would have been 20 years old. I'd have been 235 pounds and mm-hmm. I would have walked out at Illinois or something. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I would do different. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was in school coach, I, I, I got straight A's. 
and I was like the president of college, but I swear to you, I don't think I missed one day of partying while I was there. I, I, I didn't sleep for four years. I look back now, I don't think I could have done it any better. The only thing in my life that I did well was go to college. That was the best thing I did my my entire life. See, I go Pretty all sure. the way back. I would love, wouldn't it be great to go, like, knowing what we know now, to go back to kindergarten? Well, and re- relive them, you know, and back then, you know, when you're kindergarten, you're, you're going from being home all day to, ah, got to go to school. We got a you know, teacher teaching us the alphabet and some numbers and stuff. What a drag. But now, going back to kindergarten, wouldn't it be nice? You know, you get a little recess time. You get a little nap time, a little chocolate chip cookie break. Sing some if songs. Back, you get read to. It would be awesome. Kindergarten. Someone should open up kindergarten for senior citizens. I, I wouldn't want to go through, like, junior high again, though. Now you're right so, about like, that. If I could ever start over again, I would start over first day of practice my freshman year in football. That's when I would start over, that day. And I would walk up to my coach and be like, excuse me, coach, uh, I'm not playing. I'm going to be moved to varsity in about four games, so I'm just going to go there now, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's, then, exactly, that's what I would say. So that's, uh, that's how I would do it over, coach. And so. then based on our previous discussions, you would tell the varsity coach, instead of tight end, could I play wide receiver? So you throw me the ball maybe two times a game. No, no, I would stick with I would stick with the the tight end. I would stick with the same position really? I played okay. in high school. I would. I would. So I guess the only thing that I would do differently is try to convince the coach to let me play quarterback. But he would never let that happen because mm-hmm. he wanted somebody really, really ridiculously fast and tiny to play quarterback. And that's why our quarterback's name was Dan Marino. <laughs> no matter what anybody says, Dan Marino was my quarterback in high school. Okay, Not the Dan Marino, but another Dan Marino. That's what do you mean not D. Dan Marino? His name was Dan Marino, and he was a quarterback. That's, he wore number 13. That's unbelievable. And he wore as many, he won as many Super Bowls as you're supposed to be, Ooh, Dan Marino. Wow. A shot in the gut to the Dan Marino <laughs> lovers out there. That's, you know, I don't know. You go back, back in the day, you try to relive. We, we could run a whole segment, or you could do a four hour radio program. You get people calling in, anybody that would, uh, would like to today be more than happy to do. You could do a whole segment, Big Dog, on, you know, go back in your life, pick a a day, an age, a time, an instance, a situation when you could go back and do it differently or relive it. I'm sure we'd get many interesting things, probably a few that we might have to uh, censor here on the two guys in a mic show, but it'd be a hell of a segment. 888-463-6748. If anybody's got the urge, we don't have four hours, but we got a few minutes. Uh, look back in your life. Young, old, middle-aged, wherever it might be, go back in time. If you could change something or relive it, what would it be? 888-463-6748. Yes, Big Dumb. I, I guess uh, with the with the change in something, I got to, uh, you know, when you think about everything that I can change in my life, I, yeah, I really, I've had a lot of, I've done a lot of stupid and bonehead things, but you can't dwell too much. But the one thing that I would change is I got in a car accident that affected somebody else's life, and they lost their right foot involved in it. Ouch. That's the only thing that I would honestly change. Yep. I realize you make mistakes. You got you can't dwell on them. You got to live and deal with. If you keep on dwelling on past mistakes, you'll never get over them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really—that's the only thing that I really would change in my entire life, coach. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that affected a whole somebody else in the entire family, and since then, the guy has uh, spiraled down into one of the biggest douchebags mm-hmm. you would ever want to meet. And I, like, my friends and his family tell me it wasn't you. But you always think in the back of your head, would this guy's life have gone to this extreme and this bad if mm-hmm. I didn't get in a car accident and he lost his right foot? But, but you were driving. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and because of this, since then, you know, he he was awarded millions and millions of dollars 
because it technically wasn't my fault. I don't want to get it all into that. It technically wasn't my fault, but I was driving and it could have been avoided. You know what I'm saying? So yep. my fault in my mind wasn't the fault of the of the jury's mind. The guy won like $8 million in this case. Mm-hmm. His dad had died. His dad belonged to a certain outfit in in Chicago. And let's just say the guy's extremely hairy with dark hair and his mom makes very good pasta <laughs> razul. Okay, so I don't want to stereotype anybody here. But yes, his dad was in the outfit and Dad gave him millions and millions of dollars, and his kid ends up turning out. He goes to Los Angeles, starts up his own uh, real estate company, okay, and mortgage loan company, blows all of his money when he starts dating some, like, cokehead uh, Indian girl that is, a, that is a porn star. They should know he goes through, like, $15 million in, like, a year and a half, comes back to Chicago. We all think he's worth millions of dollars, and he robs all of his friends. Oh, boy. He robbed one of my friends of like twenty five thousand dollars cash. He uh he set up one uh he set up a an apartment like he's oh I own this apartment and his buddy moves in as soon as uh, his buddy moves in okay he never paid on it anymore he kept taking rent from the guy and all of a sudden like his the people decide to foreclose the house they come into the house take everything the guy owns and leaves it and this guy had been paying rent to Sean for like. 18 months, and he had never paid the mortgage mm-hmm. in the place, and all of a sudden the guy lost everything in his house because he couldn't get back into it. So he was doing stuff like this to people. So is it my fault that I – so that would be the only thing I can change, Coach. Now, did, that, did the, the guy who had the injury, the guy who lost his foot, did he ever indirectly or directly blame you personally? Not, not to my face, okay. ever. And he was like, dude, it's not your fault, not your fault. Mm-hmm. And now, just just let you know, he's been – he just got out of prison, and now – uh, he was supposed to go back because he was uh, he was arrested because he was posing as a home buyer going into people's homes and while he was there he would go to their jewelry cabinet and get some jewelry out and then go pawn it mm-hmm. so he can go buy more cocaine and uh, he's no one has ever said that he said that to them or anything and he said to me like immediately after he's like man it was a mistake don't worry about it you know blah 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 and so. Everything that he said was right. Mm-hmm. But I never know. You know, I'll never know. Yeah. So that's that's always like like burned with me. That's the only thing I would change in my mm-hmm. life, coach. Yeah, that's that's a know, definitive make, regret, yeah. no question about it. Let me ask you this, big dog. I, I kind of meant to bring this up in our news and notes titillating tidbit segment. It's a very uh, I don't know if heartwarming, but a very uh, in depth story from the big dog right there. You've over the years uh, spent at least a little bit of time in some of the courtrooms in the Chicago area and it's in the news now where i think in illinois they're putting cameras in all of the courtrooms so not for the major cases but you know even for the minor cases we'll throw this out to our law expert uh david olson to our fine producer pro it's still up to the judge though huh? the judge determines that the judge in the courtroom still has the option whether or not it's going to be filmed that day, just to let you know. The, the part I haven't heard, and thank you for that clarification, the part I haven't heard is, is you know, the courtrooms are open to the public. Yeah. If they weren't, I, I, I could see, oh, you know, okay, let's put cameras in to make everything, you know, kosher, make sure nothing. But if they're open to the public, what I don't understand, what is the great need to put cameras in all the courtrooms so even the little minor cases are, are, are filmed? So this way you can just go onto your laptop and instead of spending 20 bucks for gas and parking and adding a couple more pounds of carbon dioxide to our atmosphere, you can walk right up to your computer, 
put about one one thousandth the amount of uh, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere by turning on your laptop and watching it from your is that at home that that's not is that that's your explanation or is that the uh, actual good idea? Well, why, why shouldn't we be, the, putting a camera in? Isn't that big of a deal? There's probably cameras in these things already. No, but it's so kind why, of a why shouldn't we as a taxpayer have the ability to go to whatever courtroom we want? Well, you know, oh. as a taxpayer, why shouldn't we put cameras in the washroom either? I mean, I don't know that you know minor well, traffic court or minor no, cases. But, it's, but this is our, our judicial system, coach. This is a great idea. I'd rather have cameras in our courtrooms and more cameras on our corners so we can yeah, uh, give tickets to people that go uh, 11 miles over the speed limit yeah. and make them pay $250 fine. Yeah, I was going to bring okay. that one up also. And, so and Rahm Emanuel and Patrick Quinn, our fine governor, uh, continue to claim that it is for safety issue, not a monetary issue, the cameras on uh, the streetlights. How can, let me put this mildly. I don't want to get myself in any trouble here, but... The best thing I can say is I was involved in a situation, and my lawyer, who knows a lot of different people and judges and other parts of his family, basically told me, oh, your court hearing is at 9.30. You don't have to be there till noon. I'm like, why? He's like, you're going last. I walk in at around noon. There's still about 10 people in the courtroom. All of a sudden, there's only people left are the judge, my lawyer, and me, and the prosecutor. I got nothing. They they dropped it. Completely dropped. Everything dropped. So maybe there should be cameras in the courtroom. By the way, it was a victimless crime to everyone out there. Mm-hmm. I did nothing. I did nothing that I would not tell you over the air exactly what I did. Mm-hmm. But you know, I have no problem with what I did. Okay. So you're saying by putting the cameras in the courtrooms, even in the small cases, it keeps everybody on the up and up. Well, it won't. But we'll see. Okay. We'll see, Coach. All right. I just it's still if the judge is the one that's going to be like, hey. uh, yeah, I can determine whether or not the camera's on mm-hmm. during during today. And if the judge is the one that knows what the heck's going on, don't think judges don't get greased either, people. Okay. And just to let you know, so if you have a judge who always has an open camera every single day, all of a sudden one day he doesn't have the camera open, uh, you might that might be the day that you want to go into a courtroom and stay the whole entire time to see exactly what happens. Interesting. Interesting. On the bright side, Big Dog, probably in the not-too-distant future, more and more people will will be recognizing you outside on the streets. <laughs> this is true. I'm no, kidding, my friend. Left. I'm kidding. I'm giving you giving you a little bit of all a victimless. Huh? Oh. I want to remind everybody, all victimless. You should wear a T-shirt like that into into court. They, dot dot dot. They were all victimless. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the back, Sherna, number twenty-four. Uh, don't worry. It, it's uh, it's <laughs> it depends on what state you're in, depending on how illegal what I was doing. Mm-hmm. If you're in Alaska, nobody would care. If you're in Michigan, nobody would care. As my dad once told me, in truer words have never been spoken, and my dad told me everything good in life is either illegal, immoral, or fattening. And I think he pretty much got it right. Or in your case, victimless. Maybe you should have added a Exercise isn't illegal, immoral, or fattening. And I love exercising. And I I thoroughly enjoy it. Mm -hmm. What about... uh, about, uh, a little Marvin Gaye sexual healing, Coach. Uh, that's, that's not illegal, immoral, or fattening. Don't overthink it. 888-463-6748. My dad's not here to give a rebuttal. Sorry about that. 888-463. I would like to get a little in-depth on John Cohn by getting the meeting John Cohn, uh, the, the, the previous one. Okay. And he plays football at Northwestern, too. He'd be much more interesting to talk to yeah. than you. I really got the short end of the stick here. <laughs> I told you you played like one play for Northwestern football. I told you that story, right? So it's still more Big Ten snaps than I got. <laughs>
And Otto Graham was the quarterback. Remember the female guest we had on the one time that said she dated Otto Graham? She was a caller that got upset because no, I think she was a guest. Otto Graham. She was a guest. I mentioned something about Otto Graham, and she called up. She was. I want to let you know I dated Otto Graham. (laughs) (laughs) And then I tried to ask her if she ever had a tryst with uh, Era Parsegian or something like that, and she got offended by that. Yeah, she got really mad about that. But I I was (laughs) like, I need proof that you dated Otto Graham, and she said his. his favorite dance was the 22 skit could do. So I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely, that was definitely, it was, uh, he didn't hold her hand until like the eighth date. Yeah. It was really charming, coach. It was really charming. The ninth date, though, they, it was, it went pretty fast. Yeah. Ninth date was pretty wild from what we heard. Oh, goodness. <laughs> By the way, speaking of wild, we previewed it or we touched it on yesterday. I want to officially preview it today. Valentine's Day is Tuesday. It's an unofficial tradition with the big dog and the coach, but Monday, and or Tuesday show the big dog. You'll do a little homework this weekend. You will have some uh, do's and don'ts for the young kids out there, the Jack, Jack Washers who just called in, the college kids out there, some of the young adults, some of the do's and don'ts of uh, Valentine's Day for the singles and unattached out there. And if I remember correctly, big dog, you had a lot more do's than you did don'ts on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's when you, you can get away with a lot more yes. in terms of taking a chance and throwing it out there. I was trying to be gentle about uh, it. That, that's, that's, the, that's the best thing I can say now. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I mean, and I mean this, luckily, uh, I, I am attached, Coach. But yes. I, I am attached to the type of person that is cool enough that she would find it funny if I took a like one of our listeners out, took a guy out and explained to him on on Valentine's Day and sent him off. And just I would like to watch that. Just have one of our listeners come out and explain to them. I'll point out mm-hmm. Golden Bar, tell him the approach. He can go there, and then Lily the Lilac and I could watch back and actually see the results of it. I think we mm-hmm. would. It, so I'm telling. I'll help somebody out out there. Just email us at two guys at a mic at AOL. What's it, Coach? Two guys, Mike. At Mike, AOL. Mike, two guys. Mike, two guys. Yeah. At AOL. Yeah. You do it well. I'll send you out, Coach. I guarantee. I guarantee. I even we can have the. You just we'll start on Lincoln at Armitage, and we'll work our way northwest. And by the time we get the by the time we get to the gin mill, I guarantee you'll be going home with somebody. Wow. And the name will be like Sabrina. It won't be Bertha. <laughs> or Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds pretty good. I might I might take Joel up. Forget the listeners. I might go with you. Just kidding. Mike, two guys at AOL.com. Anybody wants to be the guinea pig? I mean, anybody wants to be uh, go along with Joel on a Tuesday, Valentine's Day, along with his lovely date and girlfriend, Lily the Lilac, uh, feel free to email us. We'll see if we can set you up. David, if we get like 50 people emailing in, we'll pick, what, the 43rd? Yeah, David says, what the heck, 43rd. So we will do that, but don't give all the, the clues away. I want to tease that for Monday and Tuesday's show, Big Dog, but do a little bit of homework, uh little Valentine's primer, if you will, from the big dog on Monday and or Tuesday. I'm yes, definitely going to be in studio on, uh, on Tuesday, Coach, because I'm going to be in town for Valentine's Day anyway, so I will definitely be okay. in on Tuesday. I I'm, I'm, should be coming in Monday. Beautiful. It'll be a nice landing in the city of Chicago. Beautiful. For me. All right. Well, then, then you can officially shake hands with uh, David Olson, our producer, because the results have been tabulated. We open up the show with the semi-depressing news that there's no football this weekend. Football Fridays are over. But just to go in concludio, uh, David Olson is the champion, and you were very close. Both of you guys were outstanding. But in our Beat the Schmoes 2011 contest, you can personally congratulate producer David Olson, who had a breakout year, Big Doug. Can, can you give us the numbers? Probably not. 
I just because I want to find out if because I know I lost going over sixty yeah. percent on the Super Bowl when the Super Bowl hit, but I'm pretty sure if David beat me, he would have had to have been over sixty percent. If you pick sixty percent against the spread over the course of a season, awfully good. That is ridiculous, coach. Especially when you have to pick the same amount of games every week. Mm-hmm. Like if I could pick one game one week and six the next, I have a better chance of going sixty percent than mm-hmm. only picking three every single week. You know what I mean? We got a credit That's to good. one of our emailers, uh, a swamp rat or Kevin, who was outstanding. I don't know if he hit the sixty percent mark. He didn't pick every single week, but he had a breakout year two. The three you combined, probably the best one, two, three that any of our contestants have ever done on our award-winning beat the schmoes uh, game. If you would bet a hundred bucks on the on the games that Kevin and I gave you, yes, during like on the college games, and then turn it around on Sunday and double down two hundred bucks a game for the games you on could, uh, on Sunday, that you could that, be going uh, out, out of state for Valentine's Day. That David Olson would give you, you seriously, you could have made about ten grand this this year watching football. That that was your job could have been watching football. You'd have mm-hmm. made about ten grand. Of course, if you, we would have known that you were betting on our picks. We would have picked at forty percent instead of sixty percent, mm-hmm. and then someone by the name of Eight Finger Louie would be making sure that you lost two fingers. <laughs> now let me ask you this: uh, you know, for David and, and emailer Kevin coming off of breakout years, how do you prevent? You know, what do you do in the off season? You want to follow up? You want to avoid the next year jinx, the sophomore jinx, whatever you would be? What advice from a longtime player, player like a Joe Radwanski, would you give so that you don't have a big drop next year? Now, you know, that's, that's a rough call because I do know the best year I ever had. I followed up the great, the previous best year I ever had. I followed up with the worst year I've ever had the year after coach. Right. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but the 2007 beat the Schmoes. Uh, I was horrific. Who yeah. could forget it? Yeah, I know. It was horrible. So that's, I, I just have to say, just, you just chalk it up and you just, you just feel good going into the next year. You just got to start out three. You know, you want to start out hot. You want to go like mm-hmm. four and two, seven and two, like, in the first two, three weeks of the year, because if, if you start out slow, I swear you panic. You freaking panic it. It's not good. Yeah. Well, I, I hit that panic button early. Remember, after week three, I fired everybody. Well, what happened for me is I actually started getting a lot better and actually picking games correctly when the season ended. I, oh, my season as in, like, kayaking. And the first eight weeks of this year, I hadn't watched a football game. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden I started watching games and I went on a, a hot streak. I yeah, you, you started out, you know, I, I do have some of the records here. You started out three and zero, two and one, two and one. So you're looking pretty good. Then all of a sudden you had a middle of the season. You went New York Giants on us. Well, what happened? That was when we all, all of a sudden, all the tours came back. If you remember, it was raining early September. So I was able, I could watch football. I was able to, yeah, hey, this team's good, that team's bad. And then all of a sudden I had to start making money. Totally stuck. I'm out on the, I'm out on the. The river making five hundred bucks a day. And I could have been at home watching football, coach. You went one and two, and then three and zero. Oh. But then after that, one and two, zero oh and three, one and two, one and two, two and zero, oh, and another one and two. So you had a few blips in the middle of the season, but boy, did you recover uh, extremely well. Eight of the next nine weeks with winning season. At any rate, you did a phenomenal job, big dog. But when you come in on Tuesday, the mantle will be passed to producer David Olson, our Beat the Schmoes 2011 champion. At least he's above 500, because I, I do think we did have one year where our champion won 47% of their picks. That yeah. wasn't good. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. You don't even, in that case, you don't even accept the trophy. That's like a participation patch for the last place Little League team. 
By the way, can can we finally turn to the page that I've really been wanting to turn to for this is Friday and I've been wanting to talk about this guy for like three days and you didn't bring him up yesterday until fifty six minutes Let's ago see. with the Chad Ochocinco, Ricky Manning, uh, Ricky Williams, Peyton Manning, or the Chicago Auto Show. What do you got? Uh, none of those. Tiger Woods. Some of that is interesting. Jeremy Lin, coach. Who? My guy Jeremy Lin. Oh, we talked about him. Just a little tiny bit. Yeah. He's playing I, against tonight against the Lakers. I love now, the story. I'm, I'm going to get. By the way, after you get through with Jeremy Lin, because I love this kind of stuff. And again, our, our listeners out there, you want to talk a little. Uh, uh, a little basketball with us. We're right there for you. 888-463-6748. After you uh, rightfully give Jeremy Lin some props, I got a college version of Jeremy Lin for you. But go ahead, Big Dog. Well, I just I'm absolutely dumbfounded by this guy, and I do realize it's only three games, so I'm not about to call him Isaiah Thomas yet. And it's against who's he play like the uh, the Bullets and the Jazz or the Bullets, the Wizards. But tonight's game against the Lakers. Everybody around the country is, is like getting ready for this game. This is a huge game. So the Knicks and the Lakers all of a sudden have a little bit of panache, and it's all to do with uh, a six foot four Asian dude out of Harvard. This is freaking hilarious. I'm loving this coach, and uh, the guy he's had a little bit of a Tim Tebow sensation. To be honest with you, I can't remember a basketball player that came from nowhere to be this big of a star. When's the last time this happened like this in basketball? You'll get this in baseball every once in a while. Hey, did you hear about this pitcher from the Dominican? He's left-handed. He throws 100 miles an hour. Oh, and then you know, and he, he buzzes out. I can't remember a basketball player that came out of nowhere like this. Yeah, I can't either. Now, give me give me a quick little background here. I mean, I just Google him. I got a picture of the guy. I'll be honest with you. I never had heard of him. Never. Not that I you know follow the NBA, but I follow college basketball pretty heavy. Give me a quick background that he play. Overseas, on uh, one of the Asian teams. How did he do at Harvard? Was he a college okay. All-American? And then, what kind of game does he got? Describe his style. Uh, first of all, he's from Northern California, and mm-hmm. uh, Stanford, and none of those uh, schools would give him a scholarship, even though he was the California, the Northern California Player of the Year in high school in 2006. He goes to Harvard. He, be, uh, yeah, he's the you know the Ivy League Player of the Year in his career at Harvard. Four-year starter, uh, 1,400 points, 400 assists, 400 rebounds, 200 steals, 100 block shots. The only player in Ivy League history to do that. Wow. So he's an all-around player, okay? When, uh, is, he a, is he a rookie? He played last year with Golden State. So he signed as an undrafted free agent. He goes to Golden okay. State. That's where he grew up playing. He wanted to go there. Uh, Golden State last year, you know how great of a team they were. He couldn't get into the rotation. He played... He scored 44 points all last season. Okay, so he's on the Knicks. He's rotting away on the Knicks. The Knicks, D'Antonio, so, they're so bad, they're putting Carmelo Anthony as the point guard. Carmelo Anthony as point guard. That's like, uh, it's like Newt Gingrich running as a Democrat, okay? It's just, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A distributor, Carmelo Anthony, that's, a, that's never going to happen. So finally, Carmelo Anthony pulls a groin. It was his own, by the way. And they put Jeremy Lin into the game. They're like, oh, no, we got to put the Asian kid in now. And ever since they put him in, they're 3-0, and and they're playing really, really good basketball. But I want to remind everybody, they've, they've, barely, they've barely beaten anybody. So I'm not trying to say the guy's the next coming of, of uh, Isaiah Thomas. Again, I'm going to repeat that. But it's just really cool to see a guy that has been so ridiculed his whole career. They're like, why this guy? Why is he, when, he, when Golden State signed him, 
they were like, are we this bad that we got to sign this kid? If you look now at Golden State, he was the second best player on the team last year. If you really look at their roster now, I know it's only three games, but besides Monte Ellis, they have nothing on that team. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's kind of it's, it's crazy. They just gave away this kid. There's a little bit of stereotyping in, in basketball, and it's going to happen to the college example I give you in a little bit too. But uh, you know, the fact that he you know doesn't have the big name, the fact that he is Asian, the fact that he came from Harvard, probably. Gets in the mindset of some of the NBA coaches. They don't give him his fair chance. He finally gets the chance. Describe his style, though, Big Dog. Is he a pure point guard, a shooter, a slasher? How athletic is he? A little bit of his game. He's a, he's without a doubt. He's a he's a point guard. He's listed at six four, so we'll put him at six three. But he's got really really long arms. He's real thin. So like I I can't imagine him being able to. If somebody gets him on the low block, they're going to be able to just abuse him all the way down. But he's a guard, so he shouldn't have to worry about that too much. Uh, now, he's a slasher, and he, he's going to be dishing. He's like a type of guy that will penetrate and then kick. Mm-hmm. And he'll do a lot of that. And supposedly he's an excellent shooter. Now, all the games that I've watched him on, and I, I freaking love game time at NBA, because as soon as the Knicks come on and Jeremy Lin's in the game, they just change, what, and they just put him on so you get to watch all the Jeremy Lin stuff. Uh, he, imagine a good pick-and-roll guy, Coach. When Amari Stoudemire gets back from uh, his brother Hazel's funeral and all that, uh, Amari Stoudemire is going to go off with this kid. So all they're going to run is pick and roll him and you know, Amari Stoudemire. So Amari, that $100 million they spent on Amari Stoudemire mm-hmm. might actually be saved by the Knicks because of a guy that makes league minimum. He's going to save the $100 million. So you're, you're fairly confident that when the stars come back and the team gets healthy that Jeremy Lin is going to have – he may not be averaging 25 points a game, but you think he's going to have a spot in the rotation for the New York Knicks? Yeah, without question. If you, if the, he, he will be able to put up numbers offensively for the Knicks. He's going to be good defensively because he's, he's the smartest guy in the court. He's extremely tough, and he's extremely fast. So he'll be able to be in the right spot. Now, he's just so frail, Coach. That's the only thing is he can be moved extremely easily. But I... Right now, the Knicks have no other option but to let. They don't have any other point guard. They they traded Raymond Felton away to the to the Nuggets in that brilliant idea of trading away all their young talent for the the ball stopper that Carmelo Anthony is. And what and what, and I want to remind you, I said the kid will be good with Amari Stoudemire. I didn't bring up Carmelo Anthony at all. Mm-hmm. Okay, Carmelo Anthony should just go to a team with bereft of talent, score thirty points a game, and he'll be happy. Anytime he has to play in a in a situation where he has to tone down his scoring to let other people be good so his team can win. Carmelo Anthony's always been bad at that. So, uh, Stoudemire is going to go off with this kid. Watch. It's a great story. They, it's a great story. Do. You, you got to love stuff like that. The last three mm-hmm. games, let's hope he can keep it up. But the kid literally came out of nowhere. I mean, it's just an absolutely phenomenal story. They play the Lakers tonight on TV? Yeah, it's on TV. And uh, just talk about out of nowhere. The kids already got a rap song about him. It's by a guy by the name of Mega Ron, and it's just called Jeremy Lin. <laughs> and coach, it's awesome. It, the, the the rap song doesn't talk about how fat his girlfriend's butt is, how fast their rims are spinning, that he's got a big gold chain. It's about the fact that if you if you dream and if you work hard, it doesn't matter yeah. if you're an Asian dude, you can make good. it to the NBA. Good. It's need, awesome. It's, need more rap song songs. So like good. That. So it's uh, yeah. I was like wow. I had to rewind it. I listened to the whole thing. Yet. Billy from the Bronx uh, emails in, has Jeremy Lin been spotted with Kim Kardashian yet? Kardashian. 
not yet. Uh, supposedly, Kim Kardashian is is going through some more NBA players as we talk. <laughs> He's like fifth on the list. Uh, he actually is smart enough not to get involved. Okay, Jeremy Lin's like the type of guy that would marry his college sweetheart. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Bulls are playing the Charlotte. Sweetheart is making his college sweetheart is uh, making half a million dollars a year trying to figure out how to get a new strain of soybean. Just let you know. <laughs> so it's not a, not a bad choice by Jeremy Lin. His his girlfriend makes more than he does, and he's in the NBA. He's definitely cut cut from another uh, cut from another slice of the pie from the normal NBA players, huh? Coach, you know what's pretty funny? A couple years ago, Illinois played uh, Harvard in, in like, November, okay? And it was, like, Harvard's first game, and Illinois destroyed them, and I'm sure Jeremy Lin was on the team. And I remember the, not like the excuse, but it was, like, Tommy Amaker's first game, and Tommy Amaker was like, you know, uh, our players didn't really have as, as much summer preparation and practice together as most teams because uh, they all had their summer internships. And he talked about it. There was two of the guys on Harvard that during the summer prior to playing basketball, they had made $50,000 or more it, just during the summer as an internship at Goldman Sachs. Yeah, it's inexcusable. So, um, if you're, so, so if you're like going into your senior year, do you want to work really hard and yeah. be the best basketball player you can play or going into your senior year, or do you want to work an hour a day at basketball but make fifty grand as an intern at Goldman Sachs? And excuse me, if you're I, going to be an athlete in the Ivy League, you know, get your priorities straight and uh, more time in the weight room, more time in the basketball court, and let the internships wait for later. <laughs> wait. Like, uh, Harvard still, this is the best year of Harvard athletics is since uh, like 1917. Matt Burke, uh, he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's from Harvard. Okay, that's and they have a top twenty team, and now the, they have a guy that's a starting point guard in the NBA. Mm-hmm. All like within a week. By the way, help me out. The Charlotte Bobcats take on our beloved Bull tonight. I was looking down their starting lineup. By the way, in their starting lineup, leading scorers averaging twelve points a game. Yikes! Yeah, because in the their NBA. best player, yeah, their best player Gerald Henderson is out. <laughs> no, yeah. Michael Jordan. I love Michael. Okay. Biz, but who who is Bismarck Biombo? He's starting at center for the Charlotte Bobcat. Uh, coach, he's long and athletic, <laughs> and he seriously, this guy's free throw percentage. I think <laughs> I will guarantee Kyle Korver has a higher three point percentage than this guy has a three point uh, free throw percentage. Wow. Seriously, that's, that's how the, the Charlotte Bobcats have three wins this year. They're not getting number four tonight against the Bulls. That's a one in a hundred shot. So if it's, if it's late in the game and, and for some reason it's possibly close, instead of the hack a shack, the Bulls could go with a the hack a Bismarck strategy. Uh, let's think the Bismarck is what they're going to yeah, call there it. There you go. Think the Bismarck strategy. Hey, let me mention real quickly a Jeremy Lin type story uh, right here locally in the Chicago area. He plays for Northwestern University. He was a walk on. He's a senior now, big dog, and, you know, he was a walk-on, made the team as a freshman, practice, 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 never got a scholarship, never really got to play last year a little bit. This year, because of injuries, lack of scholarships, Reggie Hearn is playing, now starting, and, you know, he was doing better and better. You could tell earlier in the year, Bill Carmody, well, you know, he's still a walk-on. He's only going to play a certain amount of minutes. I'm watching him play, and I'm like, you know, we don't have that many players talking about Northwestern here. You know, and this guy, you know, he's not all Big Ten, but you know what? He's pretty good. Well, he was the best guy in the court against Illinois, wasn't he? It was. It's amazing. I mean, the last couple of games, the walk-on kid, it was unbelievable against Illinois. Last night, he's drilling shots, handling the ball, taking the ball to the hoop. Here's a kid who, uh, you know, a walk-on, 
who has made it. It's Jeremy Lin's story at the collegiate level. And the only negative I could put in the story, Big Dog? Does Carmody not give him a scholarship yet? Well, he did give him a scholarship this year. About time, but dude. the negative is you look back at last year's Northwestern team that was short on depth and, and you know, didn't make the NCAA tournament not by much. I wonder. Why if they would have last year? Yeah. If he's that so good, and again, I'm not saying he's All-American, but if he's that good, he could have helped us last year. He should have been on the court last year. Northwestern doesn't need All-Americans. When the, the, the system that Carmody plays, they need people to be where they're supposed to be exactly when they're supposed to be. Honestly, you don't, I mean, it'd be nice if they had like a McDonald's All-American or something like that. Uh, aren't they Mike Gitlin? Aren't they getting one of the top players in the country? One of the top recruits that's in the country football. is coming Northwestern. Football. Oh, my fault. Oh, Sean Prater. That's okay. Yeah. I got all excited. Yeah. If, so did if I. One, if one superstar that had a brain ever went to Northwestern, they could own this freaking city. Yep. Seriously. That's, I don't know. One kid with a 3.0 grade point average, just, you know, decent ACT. That's like I want to start as a freshman and own every single Northwestern record and turn mm-hmm. something around. I don't think they realize that when Northwestern football was good, Northwestern football is everywhere on, on local television. Phenomenal university, phenomenal environment, and an opportunity for a six foot eight inch guy to step in next year and play immediately in big time collegiate basketball. Big Dome, we got to wind it up. Uh, it's going to be a tough weekend with you for, for you without football, but do the best. We'll be thinking about you, okay? Uh, luckily for me, I have a weekend plan with Lily the Lilac, and I don't need football, but there will be much tackling going on. All right, well, if, you, <laughs> if things uh, hit a few bumps in the road with Lily, you know you've got my shoulder to cry on. There will only be, there will only be two bumps in the road. All right, just, you know, get your hand off my thigh. That's not my hand. That's not my thigh. All right, big dog, be good. We'll see you Monday. See you guys Monday. All right, two guys at MikeTalkZone.com signing off Monday at 10 o'clock back at a producer extraordinaire. David Olson, phenomenal job the entire week. I'd like to thank the rest of the staff, but we don't have any more staff. It's just David Olson. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday at 10. Don't be late.